0: Are you losing faith in the world around you? Do you find yourself constantly asking why something is the way that it is? Do you wonder about God? Maybe you're disillusioned with church, but you still feel a call. Or maybe you realize that there has to be something more for you in this life. Pull up a chair and take a seat because you've arrived at the right place. The Human Conservation Podcast. With host Reverend Corby Willette, restoring faith in humanity by exploring the paths of culture, history, nature, science, and spirituality, promoting human conservation through human conversation. Welcome back to the Human Conservation Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Corby Willette. I hope everyone is well today. Fall's just around the corner. And normally we associate this with the harvest and things drying up and dying off, getting ready for winter. Halloween's coming and then Thanksgiving behind that. Uh, But this week, this season, we're going to start anew. We're going to start our discussion about the Bible beginning at the very beginning, Genesis. I touched on this last week, but before we get started, I wanted to stress that this is not going to be your garden variety Bible study. This is a Bible discussion. God speaks to each of us through the Bible, which is why it's commonly referred to as the living word of God, because we all can theoretically get something different out of what we read. And I I believe that that's how God designed it. Now, this Bible discussion is going to be where we exchange our ideas. So again, if you have any ideas, questions, comments, I'll, I'll repeat this at the end, they can be sent to Corby, spelled C-O-R-B-I-E-Y, at corby.com. And this is very rarely pointed out in the church, but we're all just as qualified to interpret what we read. So I don't want this to be viewed as me dictating to you a doctrine. This is merely me bringing my ideas forward Uh, as far as what I read in the Word of God, and hopefully that that will encourage you to use your own independent thinking uh, to decipher what God may be saying to you. So in a way, we're kind of helping each other. God speaks to us all, holding no one person in higher esteem than another. Whether I'm the guy with the reverend title or not, we're all equals when it comes to reading the Word of God. I always say that if you feel at any time Over the course of this podcast or this study, if you ever feel that something that I say is in direct conflict with your interpretation of the word, then always side with the word. Don't side with me, I'm just a human being. We should sort of think of ourselves as spiritual archaeologists, if you will, and we're digging through the Bible. You're going to be fascinated by some of the things that we are going to discover and uncover that you may not have ever realized came from the Bible. Now, if you're already zoning out, all I'm asking for is is just give it a chance. This is not going to be the this means this or this means that. We're going to be as objective as possible and as open-minded as possible as we plow through the Word. So why don't we get started? And as we're heading into the Word, we should always get started with a prayer. So if you can kind of bow your heads with me, if you will, we'll get started. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the means to bring this message out across the Internet. And I thank you for every person that hears these words today. I ask that they be your words and not my own words. I ask that all the glory go to you, Father, and not to me. I am just one of many as we move through your word and open ourselves up to what you may be saying to us. I ask that the word bless our souls and bless our hearts and that you be with us throughout this entire journey. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of God, amen. All right, Genesis 1. Uh, again, right before we get started, we are reading from the NIV edition. Uh, if you want to follow along or you want to read on your own, we're starting at verse 1, Genesis 1, verse 1. You could also go to BibleGateway.com and just select Genesis And you can select whatever version you want and follow along if you would like. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters, to separate water from water. So God made the vault, and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. And God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning on the second day. And God said, plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in accordance to their kinds. And God saw that it was good and He sa- and there was evening and there was morning on the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault in the sky to give light on the earth, and it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars, and God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning on the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth, across the vault of the sky. So God created great creatures of the sea and every living thing in which the water teems, and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning on the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living thing that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. And we're going to wrap up with the very beginning of chapter 2, verse 1, 2, and 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he, of, from all the work of the creating that he had done. Now, the beliefs On creation, how the world, the universe, the earth, whatever, how it was all created has been something that's been debated forever. And for the most part, the literal creation story has always been a tough pill to swallow for uh, quite a lot of people because quite frankly, it sounds preposterous. I was an atheist for the first 20, 25 years of my life and I hung on to it. Probably longer than I should have, because the creation story was something that was very difficult uh, for me to understand. Come on, did God really create the world in in seven days? Is the world really only six thousand years old? Like, can these things be possible? Like, the whole concept of Jesus was very hard for me to grasp, but creation was really the first sticking point. Because let's be honest, it's the first thing you get to in the Bible. A lot of people that are on the fence or non-believers open up the Bible, and they start with Genesis, which actually isn't where I would recommend you start. But they would start in Genesis, they open it up, and what's the first thing they read? The creation story. And it sounds like this far-fetched, way-out-there story, and most people just close it back up and put the book back away on their shelf, not realizing that you need to examine these types of things more carefully. So we're going to get out our little spiritual archaeology equipment and I'm going to run a couple of things by you uh, that hopefully make you think. Now, I said before that I was an atheist for the first 25 years or so of my life because I was holding on to this this belief that I believed in the theory of evolution. It made a lot more sense than the traditional creation story. Um, and I, I started walking around almost with a chip on my shoulder like, you know, I'll believe in God when when you when he proves himself to me. Like, come on now. Like, uh, if there's a God, why wouldn't he just show himself to everybody? It made no sense. And I had a more scientific mind back then, so I was trying to analyze it. I was trying to look for evidence, and I was trying to uh, piece together how this could possibly work, uh, and, I, and I couldn't. I don't know if anybody out there uh, has children but have you ever sat with your child while he was doing homework or trying to do something that was incredibly frustrating and they weren't grasping the concept of the task at hand? And and as a parent, it's heartbreaking watching your child, but usually the result is the child shuts down, gives up, gets frustrated, starts playing with their pencil. Well, that's how the creation story was with me, is, is I would get to a point where the story would just... You know, It would boggle my mind to a point where I just cast it aside without looking any further. But then a friend uh, approached me uh, in such a way that, that I had no choice but to listen. It was the first time I, I heard a call. It was my birthday. I was 25 years old, and he took a Bible, and he pushed it into my chest. And before I could even say anything, he said to me, before you say anything, I want you to take this and read it for yourself. Don't take my word for anything because I'm a man, I'll let you down. You read it and you decide what it means to you. I had never been approached like that before. So I I felt that I owed it to him to at least try again. And I opened it up this time uh, to the creation story. And I was a bit more open-minded because I, I, for this guy, I, I wanted to do better. I wanted to at least be able to come in and have some sort of a uh, an educational dialogue of why I don't believe. But as I read this time, the creation story, a little light bulb went off as I read. And I, I can only describe it as the still small voice uh, of God. But I started thinking about Evolution and how the order and the the order in which the events come out, and I'm not going to go into a whole science lesson. Um, you guys can certainly Google this. Uh, there's plenty of stuff, but basically, what I started to discover was that when you dispense with the days and on the seventh day God rested and this and that, and you just simply take the events themselves, the, the formation of water, the animals being in the sea, the animals coming on land, vegetation, all that stuff, the order in which these events unfold is virtually identical. You might find some people that are going to nitpick and try and shoot holes in it and go, well, no, not technically, it doesn't, you know. But the events are so strikingly similar, and we know that Genesis was written at minimum 1500 BC so that still predates evolution by 2000 years and the events line up almost perfectly so that was the first thing that really kind of made the the skin uh, on the back or the hair on the back of my neck stand up but also the realization came to me like wait a second I'm not looking at it from the right angle Instead of saying, God, prove yourself to me, what evidence can I come up with? All of these fancy scientific theories, the Big Bang Theory, all this type of stuff, probiotic soup, you can go back only so far in theory. But in order for you to disprove God, someone will have to tell me at some point how something came from nothing. That's what you need to do in order to disprove a divine creator is tell me how something came from nothing. You want to trace it all the way back to the Big Bang Theory? That's fine. What created the mass that exploded? The probiotic soup, what created the spark of life? At some point, you have to come up with the fact that something would have to come from nothing in order to say that there was no God. It really is that simple. God is actually, when you look at it from that perspective, the more logical answer. Because something has to come from nothing, and science is never going to be able to prove that. But it doesn't mean that religion and science are necessarily at odds. We just kind of looked at it from a very um, scientific, like analytical approach to come up with the conclusion that, wait a second. If something can come from nothing, God must exist. They don't have to contradict one another. Now, before we move on to Adam and Eve, though, there is a couple of things in the first chapter that's worth noting, uh, and I'm not going to uh, profess that I know exactly uh, what this means, but I always found this fascinating. Verse 26 says, Genesis 1 we are, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals and over all creatures that move along the ground. Now, I want to reread the very first line. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish, yada, yada, yada. Why is the word us there, right? Is us, that that signifies to me that there's more than one person there present at creation. Now, we're going to, as we go farther in and we head towards the New Testament, we'll get into this more, but there is only one person in the Bible that ever claimed to be present with God at the beginning, and that is Jesus. Um, Nobody else has ever tried. There's no other uh, competing theories. Um, as far as the Trinity goes, though, it does say, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish. Now, the other interesting thing about this scripture, too, is, is this was the argument that I had always made um, to the animal rights activists because I believe, and this sounds harsh to a lot of people, that I believe what sets man apart from beast is the soul okay? You know, I'm going to use bad language, but there's there's no better way for me to um, illustrate my point. Is men have uh, a sense of right and wrong? Women have a sense of right and wrong. I didn't mean to make that sound like a one sided thing, but human beings have a sense of right and wrong. Okay, there are some people in this world that are jerks. There are some people in this world uh, that are irresponsible. Um, Where do you see that in the rest of the animal kingdom? Like, is there such a thing as like a a deadbeat walrus father? I mean, some animals in the animal kingdom, the the males are out of there from the very beginning and just don't do anything. But I mean, like, if there's a herd of deer somewhere out in the field, like, do a bunch of deer, like, get in the corner and be like, yeah, Louie over there with with the odd antlers, he's an asshole. Like, no, there's no such thing as like a jerk in the animal kingdom. Can- but people can certainly behave in a manner that is is unbecoming or uh, offensive to people. So we do have an ability to sense right and wrong. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. But where I was going with this is, it, it says right there in the Word of God, God made the... Um, where is it? Verse 20, uh, 27. So God created mankind in his image uh, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in numbers, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the living creatures that move across the ground. Sorry, animals do not necessarily get equal rights. Doesn't mean that you should be street them. Doesn't mean it should be cruel. But clearly, according to the word of God, man was set above beast there is nobody on earth that loves animals more than me and i do believe that when we get to heaven that we will find our pets we will be reunited with the animals that we cared about all of that stuff but man on earth was designed to be set apart and set above beast now that being said listen to what god also says now in verse 29 Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, and they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. There is nothing about eating meat in there. So please, guys, don't get on your vegan friends or anything like that because in the Word of God, at least at the point of creation, I'm pretty sure it changes once we get into Leviticus and and the fall of man, but it says very clearly he gives us all of the seed-bearing fruits and vegetables to eat and also to every living creature that has breath in it. He gives every green plant for food, and it was so. Nothing about hunting meat or food. So again, here's a little cheer for you vegetarians there. Um, We're going to push along anyway. I just thought it was interesting to highlight that. Something else that's also a little bit fascinating and and worth kind of taking a a rough shot over um, is verse 17. Let there be the lights in the vault in the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times, days, and years. Let them let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, and so it was. And God made the great lights, the greater to govern the day, the lesser to govern the night, uh, and he also made all of the stars. So we get, I think we're far too hard on on the people that are into, like, astrology. I've heard people condemn that right off the bat and be like, Oh, they're they're doomed. It's witchcraft. It's sorcery. There's that. But how is that really any different than what God's talking about here? I guess it's like anything else. It's not the ability or the knowledge or that that's necessarily evil. It's how you use these things. So God clearly it says, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times. So God has put these stars in the sky. Whether they took eight bajillion years to make or not isn't even the point. The point is, is that the stars were clearly put there for a specific reason and specific patterns for people to be able to navigate and travel. We know this. So again, it's just a blind coincidence that all these things just happen to to work out perfectly, so no. But my point is, is if you're somebody that's fascinated by astrology and like that type of thing, it's partly, you know, some of God's intention. Is what are you using it for? Are you getting your answers from that, or are you getting your answers from Jesus? You should be getting the answers from Jesus. Um, but I just, again, something that I thought was interesting that, that God had put there, that it does say in Scripture, uh, the stars are there so people can... Uh, Follow the signs, and people can use it for navigation and things like that. So, All right, so that is pretty much what I got on creation. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, what we talked about. I would love to hear your ideas. Uh, I would hope that you would share them with me. Again, those could be sent to Corby, and I'm going to spell it at C-O-R-B as in boy, I-E-Y, at Corby.com. So it's Corby at Corby.com. Yes, that's my real email address. Uh, and I would love to hear your take uh, on this very beginning uh, discussion and any suggestions that you might have. Next week, we're going to go uh, pick it up with Adam and Eve. Uh, we'll talk about that. There's a lot there to talk about too. And then maybe if we get time, we will head into Cain and Abel. So uh, I want to thank you guys for being patient. We're going to close this down with a prayer. Lord, thank you uh, for this time again together. I hope that these words are somehow a blessing or enlightening uh, to those people that are listening, and I hope that they're your words, Lord, and and not my own. Uh, I ask you to surround each and every one of us uh, with your loving embrace uh, as we head out into the the real world each day. May we be a beacon of light uh, for those people uh, that need it, Uh, And we will come back again uh, in a week's time to read your word. And again, we're just thankful, Lord. So in Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone, that's all I got for this week. Next week again, Adam and Eve, possibly Cain and Abel. We'll see you then. As always, I thank you for stopping by to give me a listen. If you like what you heard and you want to help out, give the podcast a review and click as many stars as you feel appropriate. This helps get the word out and helps other people find the podcast. If you'd like more information about me, you can find that at Corby.com, spelled C-O-R-B-I-E-Y.com. And if you have questions or comments about the podcast, you could send those to hcpodcast at corbie.com. And that's the episode for this week. Remember to be kind to one another, help one another, And check in with friends and family often and let them know their worth. It can make a difference. If you're the one hurting, do not hesitate to dial 988. I hope everyone has a blessed week. And remember, human conservation can only come about through human conversation.